Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. We talk a lot about rare earths on this podcast. Some of the companies that mine them have had extraordinary growth in recent months and years. Rare earths are increasingly important as we shift towards renewable energy and demand grows for batteries in everything from mobile phones to electric cars. At the same time, the United States is pushing to shore up its supply of rare earths to reduce reliance on China, where most of the world's supply comes from. Today, I wanted to get an insight into how they're found, mined and used from one of the companies doing it. American Rare Earths is an ASX-listed company with rare earth operations in the US. Chris Gibbs is the CEO of American Rare Earths and my guest this morning. Chris, welcome to Fearing Greed. Hey, thank you very much, Sean. It's a pleasure to be with you today. So rare earths aren't actually that rare, is that right? That's exactly true. It's a little bit of a misnomer. The rare earths, are they're abundant. And what actually makes them rare is that yeah, it's the actual processing and uh, yeah, extracting those minerals which makes them rare. And yeah, they're in a high abundance in the crust. And even you find them in plants and even uh, we probably got rare earths in some of our, our body. So uh, right. they're, they're, they're quite abundant, but the real challenge is how do you, you capture those, refine those and you know, separate those so that you can you know, do that in a economical, viable way. Okay, so we'll get to that in a moment. But what are the? I'm I'm really going over my head here. The periodic table was never my thing in chemistry. What are some of these minerals that we're talking about? Okay, the rare earth. Well, they're these metals or rare earth oxides or lanthanides. They're, they're called, and they're a a silvery white heavy metal. And there's 17 of these, and the other names. And don't you know, quote me on all these names, Sean. They're, uh, some of them are a little bit hard to pronounce out, but it, you know, from lanthium, cerium, praseodymium, neodymium. And well done. There's a list that goes on, but they're just a, a few of those. And there's a couple of scandium and you know, yttrium, which are not part of that lanthide you know, family, but they occur in the same mineral deposits. Okay. And so w- what are they used for? And are they used as a collective or... Are they, you know, the individual metal used in different ways or are they, you know, are all 17 basically interchangeable or are they individually used and how are they used? Look, there's different applications and used in uh, different things and sure it is a challenge sometimes to separate these (laughs) these rare earths Mm. because, again, like I said, some of the challenges here is how do you actually separate these out? But some of the things are actually used in, Components, for example, are you know, many devices in our modern society, such as the screens for our smartphones, computers, flat screen panels. They're also in your motors or your computer drives, batteries of hybrid vehicles, electric vehicles, and also in things like wind turbines and yeah, engines in that regard. But the real challenge is how do you separate them out? And a couple of them are you know, held very tightly close together, for example, the neodymium and prosodymium which are the magnetic minerals, and they're the ones which we're really focused on and looking at really moving our projects forward with those two products, two minerals. But they're used in a wide variety of applications, and like I said, the real challenge is how do you separate those apart because they are are held tightly together in the mineralised deposits. And the, the other challenge as well is that so often these rare earths are associated with some materials and minerals that we uh, 
don't want them to associate with. Yeah, right. You know, nasties such as thorium and uranium are so often found with rare earths. So, yeah, that's the challenge processing them. So how do you process them? How do you separate them? And sorry, you're going to have to dumb this down, Chris, for someone like me. <laughs> well, well, you, you know what? Uh, dumbing it down uh, is, is not hard for me because I'm, yeah, I'm also not a metallurgist or a. Oh, you're not a geologist. No, I'm not a, a oh, geologist. You're a business guy, are you? I'm a business guy. Um, no. But yeah, hey, look, I've, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're doing well with those names, then. I've got to tell you. Uh, hey, look. The the interesting thing though is that yeah, you know, I have run yeah, chemical processing plants. I've run yeah. a metals refinery. I've I've run a mine. And a lot of this is you know, nearly like mining 101. You know, like the first part of the process is uh, regular mining, yep. which is you know, just really extracting the, the minerals out of the earth. So you know, that comes through uh, open pit or underground mining and then going through the phases of really crushing and grinding down to get to the end product. But you know, once, once you've gone through the, the crushing and grinding, you go then through the processing phases and again, different processes here using things like magnetic separation, flotation, and then through purifying and refining these various rare earths. But it does depend on the ore and the type of ore. But again, yeah, it's very similar to a lot of other mining processes that are out there today. But the real complicating factor is, you know, like I said before, is that you do have some radioactive materials that are present in some of the rare earth deposits. Now, fortunately for American rare earths, our deposits are low on thorium and uranium content. But that itself for some other producers do present a challenge because you then, you know, once you go through that refining and processing phase, you do need to dispose of those materials. Okay, so I want to get on to your big projects in Wyoming and Arizona in a moment, but I'm just going to keep the thread of this going. So once you've processed them, and you have the product that you want, what's the process of getting it to market? I presume there's the London Metals Exchange or somewhere like that where people buy and sell it, and do you literally ship it off to the to the buyer? Is that how it works? Well, no, look, at, yeah, again, there's people have set up different arrangements, and in my previous life I was actually part of you know, running a uh, molybdenum business and producing the metals that were sold into the marketplace and uh, specialty products. And as a metal producer, you uh, produce you're generally in the you know, super sacks or into pallets or a, a metal product, which you then essentially can sell direct to customers. Unlike some other you know, metals where there's uh, major exchanges, these you know, metals are, are sold you know, primarily in the open market and uh, sold directly through your customers or right. uh, again there's intermediate folks which you know specialize in these yep. so there's a whole array it's not like gold or you know, some other you know, materials yeah. which are sold in a you know, different sort of a scenario these are you know, setting up you know, through customers and having uh, commercial arrangements in place but uh, again you also you know, do have folks that you know, specialise or you can... You know, brokers, rare trade, brokers. Yeah, exactly, trade or brokers that you get into this regard. And, and look, it does depend on the metal as well, but uh, it's it, it's a challenge. It's supply and demand and it's a, yeah. a fairly uh, open marketplace. But the, the marketplace has been uh, held down and essentially been dominated by the Chinese from the, the processing refining phase for a number of years. And that's really the push, which is to move away from 
having the rare earths mined and processed in China. Stay with me, Chris. We'll be back in a minute. My guest this morning is Chris Gibbs, the CEO of American Rare Earths, which is listed on the ASX. Okay, so you've got two main projects in the US, Halleck Creek in Wyoming and La Paz in Arizona. First, the Wyoming project. This month, you've confirmed the site is home to a major rare earth deposit. I suppose, how big is it? And is part of this the fact that you can actually process it? Okay, well, right now, this is an early phase project. Uh, What we've uh, just completed is our maiden drill campaign. And uh, this is quite exciting for us because we uh, picked up this deposit just over a year or so ago. And we uh, have been doing extensive uh, field exploration work. And by doing that field exploration work, we've uh, identified fairly high-grade values of uh, rare earth elements doing our uh, field observations. And uh, as a result of that, we went about doing uh, this first round of what we call a maiden drill campaign. And this deposit is huge. It goes over uh, 4,000 hectares. Wow. So it's, it's a large deposit. And essentially, it's on a what's called a pluton. Yeah, the reason for doing this drilling was you know, we did essentially like pilot drilling to uh, look at the mineralisation and the depth of this deposit to see if it actually goes down to the depths that we were hoping it would. And so we've put nine drill holes in over this area. And while we're also conducting this drilling campaign, we continued our field samples and using handheld XRF machines and have actually observed grades from uh, 3,000 parts per million up to now exceeding 20,000 parts per million, which is exceptional grade. Okay. And so uh, as a result of what we've seen to date, um, we've already initiated work to go on to do our next phase of drilling, but it's very clear to us that we have uh, something very special here at Hallett Creek. Uh, yeah, we're still waiting for the uh, the core sample results but uh, putting aside getting those results, we're very encouraged with what we've seen to date. And this is, uh, this is great because we, uh, we do believe we've got potentially one of the largest rare earth deposits here in the US. So in, in the US, why is it that it hasn't got a overly, or maybe it has got an, a, a well-developed rare earth industry, but I would have thought, given the geography, it would have a lot of rare earths. Is it just that they don't have the processing facilities? What, I suppose, why is it all coming out of China? <laughs> Look, I, I think it's you know, bottom line is that it's not just the US, but uh, your folks back in Australia and also Canada, we drop the ball when it comes to you know, rare earths and some of these critical materials. And China sure has had a stranglehold on this since really the 1990s. And across the board, you know, some of these other societies you know, drop, the, drop the ball on it. But there's a huge focus on critical materials now within the US and also within Canada and within Australia. We're seeing that now as a result of really what these end products are used for. They're required for the modern-day society. They're required for this greener and cleaner economy that we're wanting to live in. And let's face it, there's the trade wars that go in this regard, and I don't think any of us want to be held to ransom from being able to get supply. And we've seen these challenges as well from a supply front just recently if you look at your computer chips, look at uh, what's happening 
you know, just recently, it's a challenge. And so there's, if you look at the projections for rare earths, it's pretty amazing going forward in the future that we need a lot of it. And quite frankly, you know, right now, there's only one producing mine in the US, that's the Mountain Pass mine. And the projections are you know, that within the US alone, that you'll need between, between 10 to 20 equivalent mountain passes. So that's the projection. And right now, no, there's not a whole lot of mining that takes place within you know, the US. And you know, the time from mine to market it does take some time. So there's some catch up that's taking place. For American rare earths, we're in a great position because we've got, we believe, two of the major rare earth deposits in the US. And we're moving those forward. And we've uh, been doing so for the last uh, yeah, couple of years. So it's not like we're yeah, new to this. We've been there for some time, yep. and uh, we have been moving these projects forward. But there's not a there's not a whole lot of folks in the space, but it is increasing. There's <laughs> more, more and more coming into the space. Chris, good luck with all, and thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. Hey, thank you very much, Sean. Appreciate it. That was Chris Gibbs, the CEO of American Rare Earths. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Elmer. Enjoy your day.